0: For April 11th, 2022, it's the Overthinking It podcast, episode 719, Straining for Sublimity. to overthinking it where we subject the popular culture to a level of scrutiny it probably doesn't deserve the overthinkers are your righteous friends from the internet we're never happier than when we are rocking hard righteously when we are shredding when we are uh just owning the stage and uh for for more on that hang on for just a bit i'm matt rather i'm here with my good friends pete fenzel hello pete Hey, Matt. Rock on, Pete. I should say.
1: <laughs> rock on, Matt.
0: <laughs> and uh Mark Lee, rock on, Mark. It's good to see the Rock on, Matt. <laughs> All right. Um well, uh we you can tell that our our topic tonight is going to be rock uh adjacent, but uh as a, a extraordinarily patriotic podcast, uh it's very important that we start things off in the right way. So, uh ladies and gentlemen, please rise for our national anthem. I don't know about you but like i feel that. uh yeah yeah exactly i feel a i feel a burst of patri- patriotic fervor pete is your uh, is your love for uh, our country reinvigorated
1: <laughs> I actually feel like I've opened my third eye to the true reality behind our country, like the country behind the country, which I love as much as I love my my own uh sort of inadequate ways I live up to my own identity. It's really sort of a lacanian relationship that's being played out here with the uh the impossible I- ideal, right? Against the uh the striving, the striving attempt. Uh yeah, I don't know. M- Mark, do you love your country more than you did before?
0: I mean, it's okay, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> America, love it or rock it. I mean, <laughs> rah, USA. Is that better, Mark? You brought us an article. You brought us uh-huh. an article to discuss uh, on on this podcast. Can you tell us a little bit about the background of uh, kind of wh- how you found it, what it says, and and how we yeah. might want to get into it?
2: Sure. The the backdrop of this important context is that this article dropped before the Grammy Awards. Um, and it's written by someone who's in the biz, uh, not a musician himself, but um, uh, somewhere in the um, you know, music production side of things, uh, the business end of things. Um, and he had noted um, uh, accurately so that uh, all of the best rock Grammy no- nominations, um, none of them had a guitar solo. Um, so that I think was just like, you know, a convenient excuse to write a think ThinkPace in The New York Times um about the guitar solo um a little bit of its history and why it's kind of gone out of out of fashion and also um it, importantly i think uh, to the discourse is that it was presented in one of those fun new york times multimedia things right with um sound and audio that you normally don't see when you're just scrolling around in the new york times so it's like meant to catch attention right somebody the new york times uh spent a decent amount of time and money to put this thing together um, so now, granted, like in the week that this article came out, I don't think um, the internet has been set ablaze, such as it were, by the fiery licks in this piece. Um, the people, My Twitter feed is not full of people um, debating the guitar solo, um, its death, its life, its value, or anything like that. No, no one's been canceled over their guitar solo takes, as far as I'm aware. <laughs> but... Uh, me being the electric guitarist um, that I am, as you just heard, um I look for any excuse to talk about the squeety, de squid about ripping guitar solos. I love them. Um that's my non-overthinking take on guitar solos, is that they're awesome. Mm. My more overthinking a guitar uh, guitar solo take is going to be why are they awesome? And reasons why they are, and and maybe some reasons why they aren't as well. Um gotcha. so that's why I brought the article to this group here um i guess first question to my fellow panelists is guitar solos awesome or how awesome
0: <laughs> beat <laughs>
1: uh how awesome no i mean like very awesome i suppose i like guitar solos a lot there have been a lot of them it's really surprising that they were such a fixture of music for so long i mean can we all agree that we're not going to talk we'll save saxophone solos for different podcasts different Is that a, it's related but yeah different podcast okay sure. gotcha because it does seem kind of amazing that there are so many songs with guitar solos in them uh that are were played over and over and over again in everybody's kind of cars and public spaces for decades and decades it just seems like something that people really stuck on and it's great i mean i like guitar solos i, I love them a lot i feel feel a lot of uh, relationship with them but uh it is kind of amazing that they were as big a thing or have been as big a thing as they are. I'm glad you have a relationship with them, Pete, so that we oh, yeah. can continue to have a relationship. Oh, good. So, I Matt, mean, I've done guitar with you at your wedding. Oh, man. yes, many times. Yes. yes, not just at a
2: wedding. Yeah, but like several days out of the week for like oh yeah years of her life. Oh yes. yeah,
1: for sure. For sure. For sure. Yes.
2: Matt Rather, guitar solos. Mm. Awesome. How awesome?
0: I don't know. As awesome. Are they as awesome as guitar solos? I'm not sure. <laughs> couldn't, couldn't tell you. No, I'm, I'm trolling you. I mean, of course, uh, very awesome in, in the sense of, in the sense of inspiring awe. I mean, I think that's one of the functions that, uh, one of the functions that, that they can serve the, I, I, I'm with Pete that like, um, I don't know, like I'm, I'm with Pete that I think it's an interesting. Tr- that, that they, as a form, have, have persisted as long as they have. And this article that you sent us, uh, talked about them. I mean, talked about kind of the death of guitar solos, but like how it's still around, how the spirit of the guitar solo still lives in, in popular music, you know, still lives in, even, even with these electronic bleeps and bloops, the spirit of the guitar solo still lives on. Um, and, you know, gave, gave a little bit of a history. Uh, of the guitar solo, which I think gave kind of short shrift to the, uh, to the, like the black blues players and the kind of the proto rock, uh, delta blues or, you know, related musical traditions. Um. That, that really kind of pioneered the form. I think it gave short shrift to jazz because, you know, it did it. All of a sudden it was the 19 All of a sudden it was Woodstock, I should say, uh, in this particular article and, and like Hendrix was, uh, Hendrix was uh, sort of shredding and it's, I don't know, like the, um, w- what, a what a solo does in a Hendrix song and what a guitar what a uh, guitar solo does in like a Van Halen song strike me as, as very different things. Um, Compared to, to, I don't know what, what a, like, a slash solo is like or something like that. And I, I think we should probably, I, I think the first thing in traditional overthinking and fashion is, that we should say is that when we're talking about a guitar, guitar solo, we're not just talking about one thing. Um, and this, this was, I think, uh, this kind of failure to distinguish was actually kind of a weakness in the article. Uh, like the, they, the, the writer of this article, the, the, uh, guy who's the president of a label or of a label group or something like that kind of lumped a lot of things together into guitar solos, including like all solo guitar performance. Uh And that, that didn't seem to be, you know, that didn't seem, seem to, to be the most useful. So like coming back to you, can, can you define, what a guitar solo is or can we start can we start in on a definition provisionally that we can then kind of revise as we as we push through the topic
2: sure and i'll, I'll offer up a definition that i think the article was trying to um, key off of um which is that the guitar solo is um in some cases a guitar truly playing by itself but it's really like an instrumental break in a song that is otherwise sung i think that the contrast to the sung parts of the song is extremely important in this which is that like you know the 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 bulk of the song is and, and kind of it's important it's emotional resonance comes from the singing but then you take a break from it and then you let the electric guitar uh, in, in almost all cases an electric distorted electric guitar carry the melody um improvise although we'll debate what that means for it to be improvised in in, in a little bit um, but then that becomes the emotional focal point for the song um, taking away from the vocals, um, and you're meant to pay all the attention to it, um, for a brief period of time, uh, and in more cases than not, go back to the singing. So that's my definition. Now let's start to pick it apart. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I, I mean, mean, oh, sorry, you go, Pete.
1: Oh no, yeah, I think I think that you put a lot in there, and I think we can we can pare it down a little bit, but that's not because things are wrong. It's just because you know it's sort of like what's the minimum necessary or what's the minimum sufficient. Uh, I guess what the, the necessary definition, not the sufficient definition, of a of a guitar solo, mm-hmm. um, it, it it has to be in contrast to something else in order to be a solo. And I would even venture to say that I feel like there are guitar solos that have more than one guitarist that are not solos. I I'm possibly I'm throwing a conjecture out here, which is that the word solo in guitar solo doesn't necessarily refer just to the guitar being alone in the in the melody but also to it being a separate section of a song similar to like a chorus a verse and a bridge right Uh, to the extent that if something fits into the solo slot of a song even if it's not strictly a solo it might still be a solo um
2: yeah just to be clear clear, right like um a band like leonard skinner when they have two multiple lead guitarists you know, who are who are quote unquote soloing together, which is yeah um in the by dictionary terms a contradiction in terms, but musically, yeah, they function uh it's essentially the same as if it were just one. Or even yeah. the guitar truly soloing.
0: The kind of, the kind of famous, uh, guitar at, at the end of the operatic section of Bohemian Rhapsody, you know, the kind of near the end of the song, the guitar harmony that, uh, does it where it's, I mean, is that a guitar solo? It's two people playing. It's not improvised. Like it's two people playing in, in thirds together. Uh, that, you know, the is, a guitar solo. I, I mean, I would argue, right? And and that
2: well, you're talking about the um the little interstitial thing that um that comes around that nothing really matters, like that very last piece of it. Yeah, I mean, I would say that's it's not a solo. Well, th- it's not a solo because there's two people. There's, first of all, there's not two people playing it. It's and this is, it might sound like a quibble, but it's I think it's a, it's relevant to this. It's it's one guitar. Is Brian May? Brian May double tracks. He, he plays. Yeah, he double tracks himself. Um, and it is a very it's too short. It's like, it's not, the. it doesn't become the focal point of that section of the song. Um, it provides some instrumental lines um, that complement the singing in that section. Got it.
0: Interesting. Um, and
2: therefore it's not the, because it's not the focus, at the center of attention. It's not a solo. Okay.
0: So our, our, our definition is developing a little bit because there, there needs to be enough musical material to, at least in what you're suggesting, there needs to be enough musical t- material to generate a complete idea uh you yep. know what i'm saying yes it, it that's, that's a good way it, it no. can't be a hook or a riff or you know uh like a counter melody or any of the other things that a guitar line uh a noticeable guitar line might be it has to kind right. of be a statement of something uh right, right that little
2: <laughs> thing from back in black that's not a solo that sure it's just the riff
0: got it yeah. okay um that uh uh, okay, so good. I I I'm glad that I'm glad that we're we're developing this. I mean, I I think the word solo, even if it's not observed, I mean, comes from comes from jazz, where the the practice, which I mean, I guess I'll say I don't want to assume anyone is is familiar with with anything. Um, that is uh, the the practice in jazz is that you know you play a song instru- inter- instrumentally or with a singer. Um, and that, you know, you play the the tune of the song or the singer sings the verse of the song, you know, somewhere there's music, how how faint the tune. Uh, and you get um you get to the end of that, and then all the the instrumentalists, or or some of them, I guess, in the case of a really large band, um get the chance to improvise a melody over the the harmonic progression of of the song. So, you know, shuby bop, do bop, do bop, bop bop, 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 um, on, on the, uh, on, on their instruments. And it's, it's a solo in that, like, you are kind of driving, you're driving the, the musical, uh, musical ship at that point. It's not a solo, uh, to the extent that, um, no one else is playing. Generally the rhythm section keeps, keeps trucking along. So, you know, the, the, I think the, the, some of the, things from that uh practice are are retained in what we think of like as a rock and roll guitar solo but i think that some of the um you know some of the uh the things aren't retained and it's it's interesting to see which ones right because like part of the part of the thing about jazz solos is that in large part they're kind of meant to be improvised uh it's meant to be a Um, it's meant to be a, not, not just a, uh, awesome part of a song. (laughs) You know, but what, what the awesomeness comes from is from the fact that it's, it's, you know, happening right now, right? That it's like, uh, it's this irre- 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 irreproducible, um, moment in time that no one is, you know, ever going to, ever going to hear again in, uh, in exactly this form. And that it comes kind of, it, it springs, uh, from the unique consciousness, uh, of the of the musician now i mean i can think of i can think of situations where like that's true in rock music and if you were to go see a band live they would the guitarist the lead guitarist would in the solo kind of chunk of the song would play something new or different every night uh i can also think of situations where they would just reproduce what's on the record um you know, uh, exactly like, uh, just quoted verbatim in the live performance. Sometimes that's contractual. Like, uh, I think sometimes the, the, the presenters of rock concerts insist that the band play the single, you know, substantially similar to, to how it is on the album. Because that's one of the things that people are, uh, are coming for. And that's, you know, will <laughs> prevent them from asking for their money back. So, um, you know, that's uh there you go. Uh, right so the 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 jazz definition i mean i feel like it we we take um i don't know we take something we take kind of a feeling of sublimity from the jazz definition but maybe not maybe not all the expectations that it's going to be that it's going to be completely improvised fair or am i am i on the wrong track here
2: um sort of fair and i don't want i want pete to get into this as well too um as uh you know someone who you know, might be coming a little bit from a step removed of being an actual practitioner of these sort of uh, um, uh, solos that we're talking about. Um, which is that like it's important to to acknowledge that even in um, the platonic ideal of something that is an quote unquote improvised solo, a lot of it is based on building blocks that are not improvised per se. There are things that are learned, sure, um, licks that are then assembled. Yes in real time yeah. um extemporaneously. right, right? And so there's a there's, there's a very wide spectrum um from that runs from a cookie cutter solo that um was laid down on, on a on a track in a very deliberately and then reproduced every time live which is does, has less improvisational qualities um and then on the other end of the spectrum um something that you know that, that came from John Coltrane in a true fugue state <laughs> right um that I, ideal thing so like let me just like make sure that the, that 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 part of it is I clear. Mean, and think a lot of it just kind of runs runs in between
0: if you listen to to all of if you were like to listen to the entire recorded uh, corpus of john coltrane playing um i think that some of it like you you'd realize that that he had a way of he had a way of playing right like that that uh he had sort of kind of like a writer has concerns or themes or you know motifs that they return to uh yeah the the jazz greats have uh, you know have similar have similar things
2: yeah so um Pete, like let me ask you this right like you know when you think of the of a guitar solo particularly in the, in the rock context context are you primarily thinking of something that is you know truly improvised contemporaneously on the spot co- extemporaneously on the spot or um are you acknowledging some more like kind of you know uh deliberate com- com- pre-planned composition
1: I, that- I would i would i would go the other way and say I almost never expect a guitar solo to be fully improvised but i guess i would, I would present it up because that's my perspective on it because i also come from music from a different perspective from you guys because i don't play it as much as you have although of course i play music with you both um, i i would divide up when i'm thinking about guitar solos i would divide them up to the three buckets that are very very different from each other and that almost play off of completely separate traditions not separate but they buy they, they try for kate right Uh, Imagine a guitar with three necks. Uh, Good. It's already (laughs) awesome. Um, The the first is the jazz solo, right? And uh, the jazz solo is a performance style and it arises out of live music. And the the main in my experience with, you know, the limited number of jazz bands I've played in, uh, which is greater than one, but less than four. um, (laughs) One of them was a Dixieland jazz band didn't last very long. Most of the time I wasn't very good. But, um, but I would say that the solo is interesting with regards to its relationship to the backing expectation. It has a sort of new critical aesthetic in that sense. So again, I come at these things from the standpoint of words because that's how I think um, and, and semantics. So a guitar a, a jazzy guitar solo uh, creates a lot of its beauty and sublimity from its relationship with expectation as it sort of satisfies or frustrates or surprises and, and uh, subverts the expectation that's set down by the various sorts of classical backing tracks, as you might call them like the walking bass, right. And, and sort of blue style and, and, you know, even playing the same quote unquote song, you know, the same, the same piece at different live jazz performances, you're going to have different solos because it's partly this, but it's partly the relationship of what's there and what isn't there based on expectation. Right. Mm. Um, and I think of that as a solo, but it's also holistic. Like there is a virtuosic element to it where you want to see what the person can do, but it's in relationship to the band. Um, then I would say that there's a second bucket that I would call solo uh, that is the one that I more identify with where a there's something really – really weird going on and then it's weird in the sense that i feel like i accepted it as totally normal and rarely actually sat down to seriously consider what was going on perhaps because i don't really smoke weed when i listen to music and it's like what's actually happening man um which is the lyrical solo which is the solo in the aria tradition where the most important thing that's happening is the guitar melody being uh as, as the article says, a romantic style, an outpouring of excess of emotion that's being uh, communicated uh, through the guitar. And part of why the guitar is doing it, as well as something else, is the guitar has the capability for human-like or even superhuman uh, intonation and um, – uh, and I guess, what's the other word that I'm looking for? Um, like like intonations and um, – Tem- Timbers? Inflection. No, 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 no. Intonation in the linguistic sense, oh, as in it. like a guitar can do a rising tone or a falling tone in a way that it's asking a question or making a statement in a language where a rising tone is a question and a falling tone is a statement. Oh,
0: I see. And or also kind of stress patterns, I think. Yes, as well. yes, yes. Yeah.
1: yeah. To me, a, gu- a guitar solos feel very English in the sort of, uh, you know, rock and roll pop, you know, post, you know, jazz, early rock. Through the 80s into the 90s tradition, in the sense that there's accented parts, there's less accented parts, there's sentences and phrases, right? A lot of it is phrasing. Um, a lot of it, it seems to have, when you, when you hear the same guitar solo over and over again for years and years, it seems to almost say something familiar. You get to that part of the karaoke song and you want to sing the guitar solo. Uh, and not just because it's the melody, but because you sort of feel it and understand it in a way similar to the words, uh, if
2: that may demonstrate for Ramon.
1: That is specifically the guitar solo I was thinking about when I was talking about this. That is from Lydon <laughs> We are, we are, we are we're, we're, we're drift
2: compatible, Pete.
1: Yeah. R- Richie Sambora is a very lyrical guitarist, and a lot of his guitar solos are very lyrical. Um And I mean, that's that's the word I would use. I mean, I I actually wrote down a list of words before the podcast that I might use for this phenomenon. And you guys who know more about music than me can tell me if any of these are relevant. Uh, The first one is Cantabile. (laughs) <laughs> is it our guitar? Our guitar uh, you're laughing already. This is good. Uh, Matt, uh, tell me, are guitar solos cantabile? Sure. Uh,
0: well, they can. I mean, they can be. Absolutely. Like, uh, so, so. Define cont-
2: the term for those who are not familiar
0: Cantabile means, uh, in the manner of singing, like, like, like singing. And so it's a, uh, it's an instruction, it's a score instruction, right? So it belongs to written music, which is really interesting because like the score is not the music in the same way that the map is not the territory. The score is a, is an attempt, is one kind of system, um, you know, limited because all systems are limited in, in particular ways, you know, for which CF c- wire comma the, uh, Simon comma David at Alia, um, that like, uh, for, for communicating what the the music is and one one way to do that is to just like like kind of shrug and like put it write it in words <laughs> what, what you mean not like note heads or you know slurs or dynamics or accents or anything like that just write write down kind of what you're what you're trying to get at uh, usually in italian because it's fancy um, but the the you know the thing is it, it means like singing so like eh, you know play this part play this part like someone was was singing it
1: you know you know what i mean so to take this to ad absurdum mark could you play the worst guitar solo ever which is the guitar solo from we're not going to take it by twisted sister i I believe it mispronounced best but sure (laughs) yeah That is, that is imbuing it with far more personality and (laughs) uh and specifics than it has when it's played but yes that is literally the voice the singing melody of the song played by a guitar and you can tell from the way the guitar is played that it is capable and it's almost a stunt that it's imitating the style of the singer right um and, and i feel like that happens another another term so i so can i don't know what else what other examples you would have of like a cantabile guitar solo but but just to move on from that uh the concept of glossolalia is another uh, idea i wanted to throw out here in this version i guess this sort of viability cycle or this sort of particular neck of the guitar uh which is the uh which is the phenomenon of speaking in tongues glossolalia a vocalization that sounds like human speech but isn't containing uh semantic content right um so, like when I try to sing anything uh, in a in another language, when I'm singing like um, da da gasolina, da 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 gasolina. Um, oh, oh, this is like when the minions sing. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> the, the minion style. <laughs> Open minion style. Uh, no, when the minions sing, um, and, uh, and and that there is uh, that there are similarities between glossolalic speech and human language uh, in terms of accent, rhythm, intonation, pauses. But uh, and I'm not I'm, I am. It's not plagiarizing i'll cite william samarin uh, from the university of uh, toronto and his, his on pentecostal which is just two words with a lot of, a lot of syllables <laughs> um, but uh but but the guitar is sort of like that it's like a super voice where it can yeah. feel like you're listening to a language but if there's more in it than you would generally expect there to be in a language uh it almost sort of stretches the language beyond level of comprehension but but i feel like this kind of thing requires recording Like, it requires that the piece, that the guitar solo, be recorded so they can listen to the same guitar solo with the same exact intonations, you know, the same exact accents and changes many, many times so that you can come to think of it as having a language of its own, which probably doesn't arise just the first time that you hear it, um, which would be probably more similar to the performance style in the former. Um, And I want to talk about this one more, but I guess I'll just finish the three. Uh, which is the third is the Futurist with a capital F guitar solo, wherein the guitar is viewed as a noise-making machine. And uh, and, and so guitar solo becomes something of a misnomer because a lot of the point of the guitar solo becomes what noises can we make the guitar make? And this is sort of when virtuosity – I'm thinking particularly about metal here, where virtuosity extends past what could – really stand as a lyrical solo in a not metal song, right? Um, and, and you have the kind of uh, technological augmentations and the sort of extreme adaptations in, you know, technique and mechanism and processing. And, and you really are trying, you have this, this goal in and of itself to kind of push the guitar or the definition of the guitar uh, past a certain breaking point with a certain uh, imitative form at work. I guess I you're mean, often, yeah.
0: there's a, there's a, um, yeah, it's, uh, gosh, that's interesting. Like, uh, there, there is a still greater, uh, futurism, I think, a still farther future, uh, to the, to the futurist guitar solo, which is less the kind of like the wall of noise metal, uh, type of sound and more the kind of the, you know, deconstructed electronic sonic youth kind of sound? I mean we mm. used to we used to joke all the time on the Theory for Turntables podcast about the experimental noise co- collective, right? But the I think there is a there is a way of kind of pushing that that guitar uh the guitar intervention <laughs> into a song um in, uh, in a in a more alienating direction where it is like not not even in the context of a song or it seems to like break the context uh of the song. And maybe I just don't listen to enough metal. Um Maybe that's, maybe that's my character flaw. I mean, I, Pete, I think that the thing, the combination, the, the, uh, combination, uh, of the three that you, you were talking about, the, uh, the jazz style solo, which is about, um, what melodic inventiveness. So let's call that what the, the, I don't know what the intellectual tradition, maybe. Um, the, the middle kind, which was the, uh, uh, the glossolalia or cantabile, uh, solo, which is about kind of making, making sounds, making a sonic palette that is, uh, that has a difference to human speech. Right. And then the third, the third one being the, uh, being the futurist or kind of noise oriented guitar solo where the, the, um, the guitar is kind of disconnected from music to, uh, d- you know, and the, the continuum on, upon which it's disconnected from music could probably find a way of like describing, describing those from the, you know, um, from the, the, I don't know, the, the very musical to the uh, blackest of black metal, uh, the, you know, noisiest, the noisiest of noise, like they're, they're all united in that they, they, I think they share um, a, they share the goal of kind of furthering the project of rock music, which is, you know, kind of reaching for, uh, not even reaching straining for sublimity. Um, Hmm. right. I think that that's a, that's a, someone, I I can't even remember who it was, uh, who, who described it to me. He was like, yeah, in rock music, it's always like, it's always, you have that it's high. A lot of it is very high energy. And then you just go that little bit further, you know, the vocal, Goes just a little higher or a little more strained, right? It just gets a little louder. It gets a little faster. The guitar gets a little more out there or something, something like that to just like to, to kind of enact a a little drama of kind of like pushing past the limit, um, a little bit. And whether it's the kind of the, the intellectual model, the singing model or, or the noise model, they're all, they're all trying to, um, Well, here's how I would put it. I'm, I'm on one side, uh, one, and what they're trying to do is, uh, to ferry me, uh, to, uh, the other, uh, the other place on the other side of the barrier. Um, you know, so that there's, there's Mm -hmm. something, I mean, there's something kind of similar, I think about the, the, the three that you, the three that you name.
2: I, I, I like this framework, but like, and I love this idea of straining for sublimity. some sub- sublimin subliminity. Um, I think that is accurate. Um, but f- when I think we need to go back and unpack that third section more, uh the capital of futurism, which to me encompasses everything from like the two hand tapping of Eddie Van Halen. Allow me to demonstrate for a second, like the Right, which is not like it's just is just, it's still rooted in a musical tradition, but is not at all connected to something like a human voice can make and then like all the way to the like just a complete noise out like um wall of sound that is beyond music, beyond tonality, right? Like
1: <laughs>
2: right, like that sort of thing, right? is is that also in your third um
1: guitar neck Pete? Yeah, yeah, I, I would say the way I was thinking of it was I guess one way of thinking about it, because again, I, I tend to th- see things from this new critical standpoint, where what is the expectation that you're surprising people in regards to, and one of this might be what is it that a guitar is normally capable of doing, and and so I guess I would say this isn't really there are I, I wanted to have a category that encompassed like noise, noisy no, both noise collective stuff and metal stuff that to that I feel like you really have to recalibrate your on your baseline for what lyricism sounds like to appreciate a lyrical metal song you know and i don't mean like ozzy you know i mean like metal right like uh, not to diminish ozzy but like you know we all know what we're talking about when it's sort of too noisy and cacophonous for the uninitiated it's it's like straight tequila you if you haven't done it before you're not going to appreciate it to the max now right um it takes it's a, it's an acquired taste.
0: And and uh, you know and like straight tequila, you may have bad experiences with it from, <laughs> from college. Yes, and you may
1: think that your bad experiences are some of your best experiences, which in turn is a form of sublimity, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I would say that cuz cuz obviously there are noise elements and cacophonous elements in even Hendrix's famous, you know, Star Spangled Banner. Uh, You know, uh, solo that you referenced at the beginning of the podcast, which is about as straight down the middle in terms of you know the history of guitar solos these days as you can get, despite it being something that exists in sort of a subversive relationship with things that came before. Sort of like a kid who reads Nietzsche first, right? As uh, a lot of guitar solos are like that, I think, where it's like you're not really reading the things that it responded to, and you start with the stuff that's very postmodern, and so it can be tough to both to go all the way back and draw the threads through it that make it make sense with who the originators are, and where it comes from. Um, and it also seems to take on a life of its own. But yeah, I would say that like, I think about guitar solos where they have those sort of arpeggios or it's, it's distorted too much or not just too much. Cause I'm not saying it's bad, um, but just that it, it defies uh, it breaks past that expectation that the guitar sounds like either a guitar or like, a a human voice uh because let's face it electric guitar doesn't even sound like a guitar is that is that something that nobody has has anybody talked about this yet how electric guitars don't sound like guitars is that is that just something that we just agree not to talk about is that the bruno of the musical instrument industry
2: (laughs) (laughs) i think that's reasonably well well accepted right there are um drastically different instruments
1: yeah um right you know, this article it's, it's, is like oh this she this woman she did an acoustic guitar solo with this thing i went to and i'm like an acoustic guitar solo and electric guitar solo are, are pretty different um i mean i don't know maybe not all the time but um i,
2: I think the, the the author of this piece would argue that there's sort of a an emotional
1: um, a similarity yeah yeah that makes sense yeah. that makes sense. well because well, they, they would also say yeah. the sax solo is probably the same too um but anyway, sorry. I said we were saving that for another podcast. Well, the author I mean, solo is another podcast. All right, let's talk about no um, the <laughs> oh. There's something else
2: that well, the differentially, differentially guitar solo from the saxo, and, and in the context of this article, and mainly, but kind of broadly beyond that as well too. Like I think that this article cites a lot of singers who also play the lead guitar who also take the guitar solo. Right. Um, yes, obviously, yes, yes. that's not that's not like the sole purview. Of this article and you know a, a key example uh, exemplar of the latter period of guitar solo someone like eddie van halen or slash like they didn't sing in their bands but um uh, sister rosetta tharp like the the the, the blues uh like the, the the old-timey blues player cited here chuck berry jimmy Hendrix, stevie Ray Vaughn, a lot of those um sorts of, of folks who are cited in there both sang and then they would stop singing right Prince. and they would Prince, it would stop Her, singing, and then yeah. and then they will play the guitar, um, which is notably something that you is nearly inconceivable in rock music for for a saxophone soloist, solo to come up, right? Like I, I I challenge you on the spot here to name a single uh, rock song with a jazz uh, with a, with a saxophone solo where the singer stops singing and then picks up his horns. Right I don't
0: flying. know. I mean, Lizzo plays the flute.
2: That's a great, that's a, that is a great example. <laughs> it's yes. not a, it's not a it saxophone
0: and it's not uh it's not rock music, you know, strictly, right. but like, yeah, I've, but I, so I do, ta- I do take your point.
1: Well, I I would say that that connects to the history of rock music also, because you have the leap that happens where you go from rock and roll music. I mean, going back to, uh, uh, you know, the various African-American song traditions through its sort of evolution into modern pop music, you have that point where it becomes technologically possible for a single person to play all the instruments on an album, which I guess is, the, the you could call it the Prince point, if you want, where like, but like, it's not that actually in the song that you're hearing recorded, Prince is like running over to the marimba and playing the marimba and like running over to the guitar and playing the guitar, right? Running over to the uh, the Moog and like revving that thing up, blowing on a saxophone, hitting a trumpet, right? But he could do all those things. Um, and he and, and I mean, again, I, I don't know of a specific Prince song where I know for certain that he both plays guitar and sings and plays saxophone, but I have to think that it exists somewhere, if not only in his vault, but that there are other musicians who are like that where because of recording, like recording changes the game so much and now we're in a po- sort of post recording era where we no longer necessarily are going to have authoritative recordings as the main way that people experience different songs um because we're not all necessarily reproducing the exact same file uh in our in our sort of digital experiences of music um is uh where where you know this i think the semantic content of the solo changes but Um, Anyway, sorry, I I got a little bit distracted. I kind of rambled a little bit. Yeah, I mean, in the in the
0: metaverse, even if you're playing the same file, it depends on your spatial relationship to the audio. (laughs) You know, if you
1: have if you
0: have the NFT that grants access to the you know to the VIP section up front, you know.
1: Oh man, we're going to, this is, this stuff is going to be great for the next <laughs> yeah, I can't, festival. Can't wait. Yeah, it's going to uh, be
0: awesome.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, so th-
0: this, uh, this, uh, article, which is by a, uh, fellow named, uh, uh, Nabil Ayers or Nabil Ayers, um, makes some claims. I mean, Pete, you sort of tossed off that this author was a romantic and that's, uh, this musical executive who wrote this, uh, music executive who wrote this article is a romantic. And I, I think like in the, the intro to, to the article, the, the, uh, passage that, that most exemplifies this is, uh, when he's talking about you know whether guitar solos are dead or not, no, the power of the the form endures. A guitar solo, and now I'm quoting, is not just a display of musical showmanship, a musical showmanship, technical mastery, and bravado. At its best, it's a moment of exquisite vulnerability, in which the player opens up entirely to the listeners. That that's the romantic part, right? That's the capital R romantic part, uh, isn't it, Pete? The the spontaneous overflow of powerful feeling.
1: Yes, yes, exactly. That people with big feelings are great at big guitar solos, right? Uh, every I, think, I believe the Monsters of Rock uh, series and uh, its TV uh, its TV commercials would say every bad boy has a soft side. Uh, which is which is um I think also a line from uh Coleridge i'm not sure <laughs> although iron Maiden no. does have a rhyme of the ancient Mariner song with a big guitar solo in it uh, but uh that's okay. that's neither here nor there so
2: okay let's let's <laughs> dig into this okay um I, I appreciate the way this is framed um it's not an uh it's not a way that I've thought about guitar solos in the past either listening to them or performing them um so I want to hash it out a little bit um because my first um the well, the reason why I hadn't thought about it in these terms is because like I t- kind of don't relate to it. <laughs> um okay, we have words here words are thrown around here like taking risks um opening up vulnerability um I, I, that's not how I think about playing a guitar solo. I I it, I think about it in terms that the article also mentions which are about um uh flexing um displays of strength and now these are not these are not mutually uh exclusive things right um but like there's um showing vulnerability um in a musical sense um uh, to me like gives off notes of hesitance and 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 timid timidness um which to me are incompatible with like um Ripping into a solo, but from the perspective of, like, I've rehearsed this, and also to the earlier point, like, I am assembling licks um, that are semi-improvised, but I know Stone Cold, um, so that I'm actually not taking that much of a risk musically, that I'm going to mess it up. Um, Now, like, the the vulnerability aspect is certainly there in terms of, like, sure, like, you know, there's, um, you're putting yourself out there, you know, you are carrying the emotion of the song all through the instrument in that place. And um, there's, there's arguably less room for error. It is, it is, again, arguably harder to do than singing. But um, I, I, I still take a little bit of issue with, with some of, of the framing of this. So um, I would love for either you, you Matt or Pete to kind of reconcile these two things or if they or challenge the, the notion that they need reconciling. Sure. The,
0: the problem is that it's projection. Right. The, the problem is that, like, the, the, the guitar soloist, the rock musician, the actor, the dancer, the whatever, right? The performing artist is trying to create, is trying to engender in the audience, uh, a state of mind or a state of, uh, a state of being, right? And it's very easy to sit in the audience, undergo that, and then look at, uh, look at the performer and say, ah, Because I felt this, they must have been feeling it too. Or because I had this experience, they must have had an experience which is compatible with that, which rhymes with it or interacts with it, uh, in some, you know, in, in some particular way. Uh, but that like, that's not, <laughs> that's sort of not how it works. You know, uh, performing artists are, are, uh, are more like surgeons in this respect. They cause changes in the bodies of the people under their care, <laughs> the audience, but they don't, you know, but that doesn't mean that they themselves, you know, like, uh, it, it's not like, it's not like my, my, uh, my bypass surgery goes great. And when I wake up, the surgeon looks me deep in the eye and say, say, but, you have also healed my heart.
1: <laughs> that's not. It's not how. It, not how it goes. It's they have their Grey's Anatomy on their desk. <laughs> <laughs> um, I totally, I totally agree with what you're saying. I would, I would add. Now, I've been listening to a little bit of Anthony Fantano recently, like the needle drop guy. And I'm not a music critic, as is obvious from the way I'm talking about this stuff. Uh, I don't think overthinking it is kind of playing in the same ballpark as music critics on this podcast, at least. Uh, in the sense that we go for kind of broader, uh, kind of meta, dis, you know, um, deconstructive and whatnot, kind of ideas and first principles. And, and we don't have that sort of encyclopedic knowledge on command of all the different songs that we're talking about. But one thing he did say that I feel is relevant to our wheelhouse is he was talking about guitar soloists and people who are saying that they were potentially overrated and he brought and they brought up the edge. Mm. And the thing that he said that really struck me was something effect of, uh, you know, the edge is great. You know, the edge is not, edge is not bad. But he isn't to have a guy justify being called the Edge as his name is not the style of guitar that he plays, mm. right? Um, and of course, the Edge is from U2, if you're familiar from U- with U2. And when I think about a guitar style that is emotionally affecting without, to me, tipping its hand that the person playing the guitar is anywhere near an emotional state of the state being inspired by the guitar. I think of the edge because I mean, first of all, it's like so much is being done by the pedal. So much of it is being sort of orchestrated in advance. Uh, you know, I think, he, I think he actually, like, I've seen you two in concert. I was pretty lucky. And I think it was basically just him sitting, hitting a series of pedals and then touching the guitar once. Then he walks away for 45 minutes. <laughs> <or something else. laughs> and it's awesome. It's great. It's you two. You know, nobody's saying you two is bad. But, uh, well, but. You can say that
2: you. That is a valid t- t- thing to say I, on this podcast. Feel, I'm, not, feel, I'm not the biggest fan of you two. Just to I, put it out there. I mean, you I know. not say they're bad, but okay. Sorry,
1: continue. <laughs> well, okay. Well, they're not. You two guitar solos are not, you know, Bon Jovi guitar solos. Uh, in fact, they're not even uh, they're not even the um, Twisted Sister guitar solos. <laughs> but part of it is that the style of a guitar that's being played is, is is being played much more as a sort of atmospheric instrument. Where I think a lot more of what's going on is rhythmic, and uh, and, and you have a lot less in terms of. Uh, The sort of extended lyrical virtuosity isn't really what they're going for. And uh, it's, you know, the Bono is the singer. I mean, it's probably not a coincidence here that this is not a band where the lead singer is also playing lead guitar. The lead guitarist has very much a second fiddle job in U2. But when I think about, you know, a song like Mysterious Ways that has like a very kind of like, you know, distinct and provocative sort of riff. And even a solo that is, you know, pretty intensely complicated and has a lot going on, at least to me, in terms of of the uh, glossolalia, in terms of what what is the language? What is the human language that would produce this? Right. If if this is saying something, you know, what sort of language is it? Uh, it, I mean, that would make sense for a a group that has such ties to mysticism. Right. Right. Voluntary or involuntarily like, being dragged along through it by Bono over the years. But but I guess you know what I'm saying, right? Is that like the edge doesn't necessarily feel well you what you feel. And the edge is not like his relationship vis-a-vis where he is standing, right? It is it is more the like what the relation what is the edge? It's the the relationship of like uh, the the like capabilities of his equipment to his like uh, I don't know. What I guess what I don't even know what he's the edge of um <laughs> Ireland and Northern Ireland.
2: <laughs> Let's do that. Let's go. I don't with that. think
1: they're quite that hardcore. <laughs> I think they're a little bit more into reconciliation. uh But uh but as much as Sunday Bloody Sunday is totally a thing.
2: But <laughs> let, let me let me offer a, a different okay. take on this. Same idea. Specifically on but, the
1: edge. Is this now become an edge cast?
2: No. Oh geez, no. Are we no, going to no. talk about money
1: you're, plane? Is that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> OK, this notion of audience projecting their feelings onto onto the onto the musician and the kind of relationship, uh, you know, like the more work craftsman like approach to making art um, compared to uh, how an audience feels of it. Um, I think, though, and again, I'm speaking as a practitioner, practitioner myself, not a professional, but, you know, a competent amateur, like in an ideal world. Um, the audience member enters a sort of fugue state when they hear a guitar solo, right? That, um, you know, that certainly strains for her and really gets to that uh, edge of edge. There's that word again, sublimity. Um, and the guitarist ideally is, is there as well, too. Um, you could call it entering a flow state. I don't know if I'm necessarily using that term correctly, um, but um, uh, entering a, a sense of effortless, effortlessness, um, that is fueled through kind of this over over overflow of emotion um not uncontrolled though like to be really clear right it's it is a sense of of freedom to execute um at the highest level possible that is a bit of a fugue state that um when i've been playing my best and to be clear that was probably like 10 years ago um that i can in fact relate to um I don't know, Matt. Like, as an actor and like as a as a practitioner of of that particular art, um, have you ever been in a fugue state?
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, sure. It's it's less hard than you think. I mean, this the certain <laughs> the, the I'm sorry, what? and and I say what? that not to I say that not to to trivialize it, uh, but it's you know I, I guess a lot of work has to be done. We've actually talked about this. Like, a lot of work has to be done early on about like conquering self consciousness, and and you know, there's a lot of like. The, uh, or I shouldn't say a lot of, there's a certain amount of kind of ego death that you have to, that you have to accept because like in order to do it, you actually have to get beyond trying to look cool, you know, or to get people to like you or to like, you know, make your dad stop hitting you or for like all the reasons that people go into the arts. And that's, you know, that's like, uh, that's hard work. It's, it's hard to do. But like what, what once you've done it, you know, I, one, one very good, uh, way of, of describing like performing describe acting specifically, but I think it, it translates like th- th- that, that I heard is, is tr- just trying to, to, um, capture the, uh, the unsighted self-conscious, uh, play of children. Right, like if you you both have young children, like when they're on a pirate ship, you know they're on a pirate ship. Like it's not a whole thing. We 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 don't need like theories of the pirate ship. We don't need like we don't need a master's degree in like. If you want to
1: talk about pirate ships, I could go off.
0: (laughs) Well, yeah, but you don't have to go off. That's the point. You can just you you can just be on the pirate ship anyway. That's what
1: children's pirate ship songs are these Dadaist assemblies of terms that have nothing to do with each other. Walk the plank, raise the sail, pirates, pirates, <laughs> raise the visit mast.
2: You have accurately described most blippy songs, by the way. Oh. Dadaist assemblies of... <laughs> Words and visuals that don't just, have anything to do with each other, yes. I feel like that's oh, that's
0: wonderful, I mean, I feel like yeah. you know no, I don't no, know Blippi that's,
2: is not
1: wonderful to be oh no, you know. Blippi, not
0: blippy, not blippy i mean I th- i think uh walking the plank and raising the sail pirates pirates, you know well, we, we like, love we love
1: portside pirates by barefoot books, but I will give a shout out to we are the pirates by by uh Bounce Patrol, Australian hit crew Bounce Patrol, like I've talked about the guys before. because there's a great moment where the various people in the in the video are just saying random pirate garbage, like, raise the sail, you know, like, shiver me timbers, are And then this guy just looks at the camera and goes, do the pirate dance. And he just, like, jumps around <laughs> like a monkey. And there's a certain purity Jim, just saying, do the pirate dance, as if that's an A, a a thing that any of you in the video are doing the same as each other and B, something that the person watching it who's probably either two or 40 has (laughs) any idea what it is.
0: (laughs) And you know what, Pete? I I would pay more money uh, to see you do the pirate dance, <laughs> okay. uh, with your wonderful child, uh, then I would, then I paid for my, my Broadway tickets to Hamilton.
1: I mean, I saw you two for free. I was <laughs> 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 great. Right.
0: So I think, you know, I don't know. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm. Uh, I'm down. Yeah. It's the, the kind of the, what the kind of the, the set of unselfconscious, unselfconscious flow. It doesn't necessarily have to be a, a, um, a state of, of kind of uncontrolled emotionality. In fact, it would probably not help, uh, if you were, if you were truly, uh, uncontrolled, like as a musician or, uh, as an actor, right. You like, you wouldn't remember your lines, you know, you wouldn't, uh, I don't know, you'd, you'd, um, your your fingers would slip from the 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 moisture of your tears on the strings of your. On <laughs> you the would st- fall
1: down the stairs. <laughs> pirate, pirate, <laughs> pirate! Do the pirate dance. Fall <laughs> down the stairs. That?
0: Walk, walk the, walk the plank. I, you know, I think where where it is, and this is the, you know, this is the. um this is the, the place where, where some, some concept of, of vulnerability comes in is that like when you have, when you've kind of developed the technical facility that the technique can sort of disappear, right? Which is why we practice all the damn time. Um, that, that you don't actually have to think, you don't actually have to think to, you know, make that, that screaming minor pentatonic riff. You know, you don't, it doesn't actually have to be a, a process where you like work it out. Um, in, in real time, or when you, you know, I don't know, the, in, I'm trying to like think where, where you do a, a particular classical ballet dance move or something like that. You've, you've rehearsed it so many times that it just comes natural and you can kind of like let that be assumed and something else can happen. Like the, the flow state is where like a, a relaxed focus and high competence meets a, uh, meets a, a challenge. That is at the right level for the, for the level of competence. You know, I think that's how Chick Sent Me Kai described it. And that, like, you have, um, you have the opportunity when you're, when you're in that state to kind of direct it in a particular, a particular direction. You can direct it to, to self-aggrandizement, or you can direct it in a, in a slightly more humanistic direction to be like, Hey, I can use this, I can use this moment to tell you something about myself, you know, or I can, I can use this to, 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 you know, try through, through whatever, you know, means I have, you know, through the, the story that you're acting out or the dance that you're dancing or the, um, the, uh, song that the song that you're playing, the non semiotic noise that you're making, uh, in your guitar solo, you can sort of reach through and, um, make a statement about something, make a statement about humanity or make a statement about a, a a feeling. It's not the same thing as feeling the feeling in real time. i that's the mistake I think that's that's in the article that we read. um but like it's not uh it's not going through it, you know it's not like experiencing heartbreak uh, I, I've, I've we've all experienced heartbreak it it is non- non-sublime. <laughs> <laughs> the you know the the like the the sublime part comes later when you can when you have the the not just the um from the preface to the lyrical ballad's not just the spontaneous overflow of powerful emotion but also the opportunity to relect to to recollect it in tranquility uh and and you know the kind of the the reflective the the spaciousness that the tranquility creates allows you to you know allows you to do something more with it but yeah i mean that that so what you're
2: saying that is that playing the guitar solo to we're not going to take it uh-huh. involves an uncertain amount of taking it for quite a bit of time <laughs> to be able to <laughs> the the level of technical proficiency to emote that you we are not going to take it I yeah that's solo.
0: I uh God, I could tell, I, man, I had a piano teacher. Like I could tell you stories. Yes. You got to take it for a long, gotta long time. It, yeah. <laughs> you got to take it for a long, long. You got to take the, the lid being slammed on your little nine year old fingers. Oh. You got to take the, oh. you know, the, the constant, constant grinding, uh, criticism and deep into your soul. You have to take it. And then only then, Mark, are you ready <laughs> to, to proclaim. That we're not going to take it because don't forget the the last word of that line is anymore, which means that up to this point, hitherto, yeah. hitherto, we have taken it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Peter, are you going to take it anymore?
1: I just wanted to say, man, are you suggesting that Jared Leto isn't mostly famous for being the best actor ever, but is mostly famous because he's hot? And his whole acting style isn't necessarily something that would work, or is that everybody should do, in terms of like mailing feces or whatever to people, and like hitting them in the face or whatever it is that people have been saying have been happening in the media. Are you saying that these things, that the purpose of method acting is not really to make a, a jerk out of yourself in front of everybody? Oh my god! And-
0: there's a there's a really good book. Uh, it's called um, and it uh, published within the last few months. It's called The Method: How America Learned to Act. It's by Isaac yeah. Butler. Uh, and it's, it's a history of the method by a kind of a- academically oriented writer and theater director, but a practitioner, a practitioner of theater, not, not a, not like a historian or theorist of, of theater. Like, uh, you know, um, you get the sense that he has, uh, uh, done a, done a tavern scene or two. Um, the, th- that being a reference to a, uh, summer Shakespeare director. Uh, I said I worked with one said, you know, I know all these people go to y'all go to schools and get your fancy degrees, but like until you just hoist your leg up on a bench hold a tankard of ale and do a tavern scene from henry the fourth part 1 like i i don't think you really can call yourself an actor like grab a spear and stand behind the king that's your master's degree you know that like and that that like uh i actually i respect that like aristotle said you had to have uh what you had to have techne before you could have is the other kind of wisdom philosophia or is it is there another one before Philosophia? You have to have technique. You have to have practical wisdom before you can have, uh, philosophic. Where before you can have like higher level theoretical wisdom or philosophic wisdom. And yeah. so, like, I am, uh, I am, you know, inclined inclined to agree. And I, I just, I, I happen to like this particular book a lot, and I happen to like this this writer a lot. So I, I commend it to you. I'll put it as a link in the show notes. Maybe we could talk about it sometime. But yes, no, uh, m- mailing people, mailing people, uh, uh, all kinds of disgusting gifts on the set of uh, on the set of Suicide Squad Um, you know yeah no that's that's no good Uh, the Suicide Squad I think was probably a much healthier set
1: so so to bring it back to guitar solos, an album that for me has stood out for this. And again, I don't have an encyclopedic knowledge of music. The albums that I've listened to are very haphazard, uh, but they, I feel like there are certain albums that stand up to me as exemplary of certain sorts of artistic concepts. Uh, one of them is uh, Holy Diver by Dio. Uh, are you guys Dio fans at all, Mark? You can't, you can't possibly know any Dio. I mean, I mean, no one would know if you knew any Dio, right, um, off the top of your head. But I, I want to get back. I, to I, I don't know. With the I don't know well enough. Um, yeah, but yeah. But For, but one of the great. things about this album is that the production is very scaled back, almost to the point where it's surprising because these same instruments and licks and stuff it's a very like fast old school it's not very fast let me rephrase again you have to recalibrate everything for metal right like everything but it's a like it's a pretty aggressive metal album for the time at which it came out uh and so it it is not the kind of thing where the guitar licks are comfortably lyrical uh in, in a sort of pop style but they're not utterly alienating Uh, And there's a lot of kind of fast and exciting things that are happening by sort of general standards, uh, though not particularly by metal standards. It's not that sort of modern or extreme a piece. But the main thing about it is that these sort of licks, if they were in a different album, would like blow your headphones out. Right. There would be this sort of aura about them that would be created by the production that wherein the like intensity of all the licks would be amplified. And one of the things that's happening on this album is like all of the kind of like. Reverb and extra production and kind of uh, whatever techniques they're using to kind of like, you know, thicken the sound is kind of pulled back a little bit. And it's more because they want you to hear. The, the oh look, this is a band that's pretty good at playing this kind of music, right? We want you to appreciate how how good we are at playing these kinds of songs and it's not like the mountain goats either. It's not like totally stripped down although of course the mountain goats are so stripped down it goes the other way where there's a bunch of stuff on top of it uh in, in the sort of recording style but but it's like
0: Mount, Mountain goats is a band with a like a two and a half decade history and there have been like many stylistic periods of the mountain goats.
1: I'm sorry they have one album I listened to. <laughs> a bunch of times because of you guys i haven't listened to a lot of albums matt everybody has only one album except for <laughs> exhibit has three of them
2: uh-
1: <laughs> 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 but uh, that's what i think uh, people who know what i'm trying to say already get it and people who don't will probably not figure it out unless they sit down and listen to the guitar solo in stand up and shout uh which, which gives you a pretty good idea of like uh uh, the point being, the technique that you're actually employing to play those heavy metal licks is not actually producing the sound that you hear as heavy metal mm. until the production comes in and, and or the like the various instrumental distortions and sort of technological uh, implements change it. Right. So it is not there are so many intermediaries between the emotion of the guitar player and what you are hearing that you can start stripping them away and then you can realize, oh, there's more than just one right? Uh, the, the more artifice that lies between you and the, and the musician, uh, perhaps the more honest the music is because you don't become, <laughs> you don't, you don't reach the false conclusion that it's like pure, pure honesty, right? Uh, which it, it you know, it's plucking, man. It's, uh, it's plucking. It's, it's plucking. plucking.
0: Uh, Mark, I want to give you the last word here just cause this was your topic. And also because you have the, uh, you have the guitar, would you like to bring us home?
2: Oh, I was putting on the spot here. Um, yeah i i miss um i miss the the sense that a guitar solo was um at the forefront of some sort of shared musical experience i I think back to like middle school when november rain came out right Mm. it's kind of it's kind of been all downhill from there right i mean (laughs) around then you know it was the early '90s, right? You know, China sending into the World Trade Organization, um, era of globalization really undermined uh, the American medical class, and and so on and so forth. And, and here we are. No, I mean, I'm, I'm exaggerating that last part only a tiny little bit. Um, connecting um the, the loss of the guitar solo to the uh, loss of the, the the great American spirit. Um, but I mean, that's that's you know, I, I'm just always reminded, like, this is my taste in music. I'm one person, you know, like modern music coming coming out. It is not for me. Taste change. Um, it would be a horrible thing. actually actually, if, um, uh, you know, dad rock from the seventies and eighties and is still what we had today. So it's fine. Let's, let's move on to something else. Um, but, uh, you know, there, like the, the technical artistry of the guitar solo, um, and, um, and, and, and the variety of tones that you can get out of an electric guitar, um, combined with just the broader rock and roll ethos, like it, it occupies absolutely its own unique space and, um it, it is something that uh, that an electronic beat uh, at least for me, cannot quite uh, cannot quite replicate
0: well we appreciate the the sentiment we appreciated the uh performative exemplars we know that it's too late and that the screaming guitar will wake up the children so we encourage everyone to uh head to the show notes for this episode where we're going to put in some uh some links to some music that we talked about to the article that occasioned this and to at least one pirate song so that you can (laughs) so that you and uh you can dance around and do the pirate dance yourself uh that'll keep you busy for the week, but next week we'll be back with more Overthinking It podcasts. Till then, you can visit us on the web at overthinkingit.com where we subject the popular culture to a level of scrutiny it it probably probably doesn't doesn't deserve.
1: deserve.